Yo, check two, check two, one, two. Happy Friday, happy February 1st. It's the first of the month from me to you. Callan KO brought to you by Anchor KO is not here, he is absent today. Uh, but we appreciate you for checking in with us. It's been a while. This is our first show of 2019. Our first show in a few months. Again, we appreciate you for checking in with us. We've got some anchor shout outs to do a little bit later. We've got some calls that we're going to put out there. we got a lot to cover, man. Of course, we got to talk about the Super Bowl. That's coming up this Sunday. I'm going to talk Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. we got to talk Lakers. got to talk Dubs. we got a lot to cover, man. Let's just get into it. Yeet! Super Bowl, Patriots, Rams, I'm a Niner fan, I don't care for the LA Rams And since I said I'm a Niner fan, that means I'm not a Patriot fan So if you don't live in Boston or you're not a Patriots fan You're like most of the people in America And you're sick of seeing fucking Patriots in the damn Super Bowl Respect for Belichick, he's a genius Greatest coach of all time In my opinion, probably in all of pro sports, not just football And then... Since he's so great, Tom Brady is the GOAT at his position. Now, I got respect, but I'll touch on them a little bit later. As far as the game goes, man, I really just don't care too much about it. I don't want the Rams to win, but in this situation, I hate the Rams less than I hate the Patriots. So I'm rooting for the team that hasn't gotten the ring. I'm rooting for the young guys. Let's keep it Cali. Let's go Rams. Um, Yeah, that's how I feel about that. But... Since it's the Patriots in the Super Bowl, and everybody clearly knows that Tom Brady's the GOAT, that's not even argued anymore, and Bill Belichick is the GOAT, that's not even argued anymore. I want to ask you guys, is Tom Brady like really, really the GOAT? We know he's the GOAT, because he's got, this is his ninth Super Bowl appearance, got five wins he's got three losses but he's got five wins eight appearances this is his ninth man so that's those are all records he's gonna shatter every record if he by the time he's done playing when he's 95 years old i mean the resume is the resume of course he's the goat but here's why i'm saying i'm asking is tom brady like really the goat is because i believe in my opinion that bill belichick is by far the goat He is a genius. He is an evil, evil genius. And I say that with the utmost respect. And here's what I'm getting at. Tom Brady, I feel like, is very fortunate to be in a situation to play his entire career. He's playing 18 years with one team and one head coach. You can't think of any other person that has had that luxury. Because it's never happened before, right? So he's fortunate enough to be in the same system, year in and year out, same coach, no changing of anything much other than your coordinators. But you've always got Belichick. You've always got a supportive owner behind you for Brady. So Bill Belichick, though, his genius goes back to even the 80s when he's the defensive coordinator for the New York Giants under Bill Parcells and Week in and week out, he was coming up with game plans, different game plans to beat these teams. Where I grew up hating the New York Giants because I and Bill Parcells, it was really Bill Belichick who I hated. And this is what I learned after watching the two Bills ESPN 30 for 30 documentary, right? 
The reason I hate the Giants is because of Bill Belichick, not Bill Parcells. He was the genius. He was the one that was shutting down Joe Montana and Jerry Rice and John Taylor and Roger Craig and Brent Jones and and all of that goodness right there that was the the Niners franchise. So then Bill Belichick goes to Cleveland and then he's the head coach for Cleveland and they actually were pretty good the one year that he was the coach for Cleveland and they moved to Baltimore and then that's all gone. So so then since then he's been in New England and he's just been dominating. Bill Belichick is so so good at what he does. He's been able to orchestrate the New England Patriots who every time you look at them every year it seems like they don't have the roster, right? Other than Tom Brady and Gronk they're known for just kind of grabbing people to fit the Patriot way to fit their scheme and then they always get the job done in this case I think most people think that the Rams have the better roster 1 to 53 right 53 55 whatever it is Um, people say that the Rams have the better roster but what the Patriots have is Bill Belichick and Tom Brady it is my belief that Bill Belichick is so great at what he does he could win with anybody at quarterback the same way he's been able to win with anybody at running back anybody at linebacker no namers at cornerback he put his wide receiver as a db for a few years troy brown in certain situations i mean he is able to come up with the scheme for whatever situation whatever roster whatever team he's playing and execute that's what makes Bill Belichick so great and in my opinion the greatest coach strategic guy genius of any game any of the sports Bill Belichick is that guy that's that's how I feel about him all due respect I'm do you remember the year that Tom Brady got hurt you remember Matt Castle right he steps in and it's like the Patriots really don't skip a beat they win 10 games they make it to the playoffs Uh, That was a year that they didn't go to the Super Bowl. I mean, whatever. But again, the ship kept moving along, even when Brady went down for one year. And then, off of the success of that season for Matt Castle, who, by the way, just a little backstory on Matt Castle, man, he wasn't even a starter in college. He wasn't a starter in the NFL before he got there. But he, he steps in for Brady on the Patriots that year, gets 10 wins, gets some exposure, Signs a really big contract to go play for some other team. And then what the hell happened to Matt Castle? Fell off a fucking cliff, right? Never heard of the guy again. Coaching, players, all that stuff comes into account. But I'm just saying, he looked hella good when he was over there with Belichick. But what I'm getting at is it's Bill Belichick. That's the guy. When the Niners were winning, I always felt like people would say... I'm a Niner fan, so when they're arguing about Joe Montana being the greatest quarterback of all time, people still thought it was uh, Terry Bradshaw, who won four Super Bowls with the Steelers in the 70s, or before that, they thought they would say Johnny Unitas, because Johnny Unitas was the first quarterback to really be calling his own plays and running the offense. People of the Joe Montana era, they, they, they liked Marino. Or Elway because they had bigger arms and they were the better athlete at quarterback. Warren Moon used to get a lot of love. But when it was Joe Montana winning the Super Bowls, the, the shade was, well, he's got Bill Walsh as his head coach. And he, I'd be that good, too, if I was throwing 
to Jerry Rice or to John Taylor or Brent Jones or I had Roger Craig coming out of the backfield. I'd be a good quarterback too. So the knock on Montana was the fact that he was a product of the system and had all of these good players around him that made Joe Montana good. And then, of course, he balled in the Super Bowls. We all know that. But that was the that was the counterpoint, you know, devil's advocate point for why Joe Montana wasn't the greatest of all time. It was everything around him. The good thing about that situation in, in defense of Montana and Jerry Rice, because this also went on with Jerry Rice. If you said Jerry Rice was the best receiver, some people were saying Chris Carter's got better hands than Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice isn't even that fast. Sterling Sharp is better before he got hurt. Or there was always someone else they wanted to say was better than Jerry Rice. Michael Irvin's better. Uh, Jerry Rice is only good because Joe Montana's throwing him the ball. Like They would argue both ways, right? But the good thing about that is there was a time where Bill Walsh left and went. He left the Niners. So George Seifert was the head coach. And guess what? Joe Montana still did good with the new head coach. And then Joe left and went to Kansas City, right? And he was older, but he still showed that he could be good on another team, with another coach, in another environment. And he still showed his greatness outside of the Niners' greatness that people were holding him back for, saying he was a product of the system. Jerry Rice, he got to leave the Niners, went to Oakland, went to the Super Bowl with the Raiders. He still got to show his greatness outside of the Niners, outside of what that they were saying was holding him back. Oh, you're a product of the system. You're just good because you got everybody around you. And to Brady's credit, um, he's never really played with too much Hall of Fame offensive talent on his Patriots teams in his career. Um, you know, he had the other Falk, Kevin Falk. He had Corey Dillon. I'm just going through some running backs. I remember Corey Dillon after he left the Bengals. He was in there for a little bit. Uh, Garrett Blunt, he's gone to the Patriots and he's done decent. Um, you go through the wideouts, you know, they're you got some small slot receivers, you know, they've got a formula, you know, they got a small slot receiver that maybe didn't ball anywhere else. You got your Welkers and um, Amendolas and Julian Edelman's. The one year he had Hall of Fame talent on offense was Randy Moss. They went undefeated that season. He set the record for touchdowns in the season, but they lost the chip. So in Brady's defense, and I give him credit for that, where uh, he hasn't really played with Hall of Fame talent. I mean, Gronk is a Hall of Famer, but normally the formula the quarterback has is a Hall of Fame wide receiver to go with the quarterback or a Hall of Fame running back to go with them. Brady has a Hall of Fame tight end in Gronk, and that's about it. He had one year with Randy, like I said. But I also don't know if that is more credit to Brady for being so good as a quarterback he can make anybody look good as a receiver or if that's credit to Belichick for his coaching scheme and what he does to prepare with the players whatever players he has whatever athleticism he has to perform on the field so what I would like to see happen I'm going all over the place but follow me guys it's been a while um, what I would like to see happen to prove my case for the to really know which one is holding the weight of the greatness here between Belichick and Brady is if they break up, right? Like either either the Patriots think that Tom Brady's not going to play till he's 45 and then they 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 trade him or they release him, he goes and plays somewhere else and we see how he does with another team 
We see how Belichick does um, coaching another quarterback. Or, you know, Belichick retires and Brady stays in New England. You know, we need a breakup. I need a breakup because this has never happened, man. Like, nobody's got to play. No one's had the combo like this. 18 years, all the same team, same coach. Like, like they do this in their sleep. So, for me to to understand, and again, I got to come back and say they are both the GOAT, right? But I need to know which one is more the GOAT and which one is a product of just being around the other one. Or if they're equally as good. I believe, in my opinion right now, it's Belichick holding Brady up. Because Belichick keeps it moving with no matter who he has in there. So I don't have any reason to believe that he wouldn't be able to do that with another quarterback. He does it with linebackers, linemen, running backs, every other position, right? So in my belief, he would be able to do that with quarterback as well. Not Even before Tom Brady got the fourth Super Bowl win, I was sitting there going, all right, he, what I saw from him, the poise, the arm, even though it didn't look like he had an arm or it didn't look like he was moving, he was moving enough. And that arm was getting, making the throws. I was like, I'm not ready to say he's Joe Montana yet, but he's coming. So, I, I mean, I can concede and say that he is the GOAT. The resume's there, the, the titles, so on and so forth. If I had to pick one quarterback in one game, personally for me, I'd still go Joe Montana. But that's a different argument. That's one game in one situation. That's not a GOAT conversation, greatest of all time. If I had to take one coach to coach for one game and one game only, I'm taking Bill Belichick because his prep work and what he does on a weekly basis is insane. And I'm not saying that Tom Brady's a scrub in no sense of in in the film. You know, I'm not saying that. I mean, he makes all the throws. He was a sixth round draft pick. um, So he's got a chip on his shoulder, uh, but he makes the throws. He's a smart guy. He works hard. So. And he puts himself in these positions to be successful based off of his work ethic. But again, flip side of the coin is maybe he was a six-round pick for a reason. Maybe he is just a hype. And if he doesn't get put with Bill Belichick, who's the evil genius in all of this, then maybe Tom Brady shows his sixth-round colors. I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying. But he makes the throws. And, you know, let's not forget that the the only reason Tom Brady, we even know Tom Brady, is because Drew Bledsoe got hurt. Drew Bledsoe was a Pro Bowl quarterback. He gets injured at the beginning of the season, and they got to put the young Tom Brady in there to carry it out. What happens if Bledsoe doesn't get hurt? Do they still get to that Super Bowl? Bledsoe was already established. That's what I'm getting at. Belichick is able to take whatever happens in any situation and make lemonade out of lemons. He did it when Bledsoe got hurt and Brady came in. He did it when Brady got hurt and Castle came in. He does it when his tight ends go to jail, when they get hurt, when he's got DBs, you know, playing receiver and vice versa. Like, he just finds a way to get it done. So that's why I asked this question, y'all. So like I was saying, so it was years ago where I was already like, okay, Brady is the GOAT. I got to give it to him. He's the greatest of all time. But as time goes on and he gets older and and I'm watching them and I'm still watching him be good, but he's not as good in my opinion. He's losing it. I mean, fuck, he's 40. 
But more so what I'm watching Belichick do every year because they keep saying, man, they're not putting parts around Brady. Yo, what's this defense going to do? And every year they end up right right where the experts that they're not going to be. It's back in the Super Bowl. And then they get to the Super Bowl and go, damn, man, they got here again. How are we going to bet against them in the Super Bowl? Like that just seems to be a repetitive thing going on now. So with that, I give the credit, the advantage to Belichick's greatness. What do you think? Anchor, holler at your boys, Cal and KO. Let's talk hoops. A lot of stuff going on this week. I feel like the Super Bowl is on Sunday. And other than the drama that's got the NFL's got going on with uh, the non-call and the NFC Championship game and how Goodell responded to it and Maroon 5 not showing up for the press conference and taking questions or just whatever other drama they got going on. Most people ain't talking about the Super Bowl right now. They're talking about the NBA. And they're talking about Anthony Davis requesting a trade from the Pelicans or just letting them know that he's not coming back, as he says. We've got that going on. We've got an actual trade that happened with the Knicks trading the unicorn Christoph Porzingis to the Mavericks. That's going to be crazy to see what happens with Christoph Porzingis when he comes back from his ACL injury. Now that he's on a good team and he's not playing on the shitty Knicks, uh, hopefully Mark Cuban and the Mavericks don't rush him back this year from that injury. Let him fully come back and let's see what him and Luca can do uh, next season. That's going to be some crazy shit going on in Dallas right there. But and you know let's let's talk about the Thursday games. Yesterday, the last games of January. I'm, I'm a Cali dude. We're gonna start with the Cali teams. Let's go. Lakers Clippers, Bron Bron's first game back since he hurt his groin on Christmas Day against my dubs. And he came back and he didn't look the same, but he his numbers were still the same. The result was still the same. He put up 20 plus points, close to a triple double, you know, eight, nine boards, nine assists, some shit like that. Uh, the, the Lakers and Clippers go to overtime and the, the Lakers pull out a win. The Lakers right now are the number nine seed. The Clippers are, I think, the number eight seed. Neither of them want to be in that position. You don't want to be nine and out of the playoffs. But if you're number eight, that's damn near just like being out the playoffs. Because chances are you're playing my dubs in the first round. Y'all don't want them problems. But it's good to see them back. The Lakers are going to play the Warriors on Saturday. NBA primetime, ABC. The Warriors played on Thursday as well against the 76ers. And man, that was a good game. You guys know I'm a happy camper right now. Every time the Warriors starting lineup pops up on the screen, I laugh because I'm looking at a a starting five with five all-stars. And as long as I've been a Warriors fan and as shitty as they've been my whole life, man, I feel like I pay my dues. I get to kind of laugh at the world and be like, man, this is crazy. Like, I'm sorry. Y'all hating on the Warriors right now. But yo, I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts. So Boogie's back. Back again And last night he got to play against Joel Embiid And it was a good matchup The Warriors were running them out of the gym In the first half But the score didn't completely show that Warriors were turning the ball over And then Philly in the third quarter Embiid just went ham 
and just started doing what he does. The Warriors had no clue from Boogie was trying to do what he could do, but he was also in foul trouble. And the Warriors started turning the ball over. The second half was off Philly. And then when it came down to the final minutes of the game, the crucial parts of the game, what I saw from Philly, I was very impressed. They didn't give up on plays. Steph Curry shook somebody on the dribble. He shook Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons didn't give up on the play. Used them that long reach, blocked Steph's shot, a shot that would have tied the game. Later on in the game, Steph's getting to the rack. Somebody is trailing the play, blocks a shot off the backboard. Again, they, they were very strong on defense, Philly, especially when it came crucial minutes in the fourth quarter to hold their lead. Because the Warriors were up by almost, I want to say, 10 at half. Third quarter was off Philly. They took a lead. And and then in the fourth quarter, they made sure they held it. I was very impressed with what I saw from the 76ers. I do want to disclaimer this, that the Warriors didn't have Klay Thompson playing last night. That would have been a different matchup in there with Klay spreading the court, guarding Jimmy, switching on Ben. But it's moments like that where the guy that gets overlooked on the Warriors so often you realize his importance to that team when he's not there nonetheless great game it was a great game Sixers pulled it out I'm still they ended the dubs winning streak that was Boogie's first game in in the Roracle but I'm, I'm still happy about what I'm seeing right now from my Warriors and we'll see what happens with the Lakers as far as Braun being back, they've got a stretch coming up where they're going to be playing like the Pacers, the Bucks, the Celtics. They're playing a, a whole bunch of contenders, and then they're going on a road trip. We'll see what happens with them being at that nine. They got to work their way somewhere up into like the, the at least the five six seed. You don't want to be floating around seven eight. And right now they're nine, so they so they got some work to do. And the Clippers. I mean, they were, I mean, shit, the West is so tough, man. It was all good. Just a week ago, the Clippers were floating around, you know, two, three, four. Now they're at eight. It's crazy. Anyways, it's Cal and KO brought to you by Anchor. You guys let us know what your thoughts are. Let me know what your thoughts are on this NBA season so far. What do you think of the AD trade going to the Lakers, man? I barely even touched on that. Man, that's just crazy. It's just crazy. I mean, he good for him. Good for him. What do you think of the new news about Kyrie hitting us with the, I'll let y'all know on July 1st. He went from earlier this season saying he was going to resign, to now he's saying, I'll let you know July 1st. Of course, his name is coming up in a lot of these trade talks. Um, he's hearing his name out there in the streets about the Celtics would be going for Anthony Davis right now, but they can't make a move for him while they have Kyrie on the team right now. So they got to wait till July 1st. All that kind of thing So is Does Kyrie have sour grapes right now Making that kind of comment To the press in New York Right now New York who also just freed up a whole Bunch of cap space by getting rid of uh, KP and Tim Hardaway Jr. and Kyrie's rumored to want to play In New York even though that's a shit team I don't know why you want to do that Whatever dog to each its own um, the Knicks are also talking like they're going to go get Kevin Durant. Okay. Kevin Durant's in a good situation in Golden State, man. I know the Warriors, I know I'm being a homer when I say that, but the Warriors are probably the best run NBA franchise right now in the league. They're, I mean, from top to bottom, the owners, the GM, the way they treat their players, 
the way they all get along, the scheme on the court. Uh, they just seem to be the best run franchise right now in all of the NBA. And I understand KD's not going to stay there forever. I understand Draymond's not going to stay there forever. Klay Thompson's a free agent. Their reign will fall as people want more money elsewhere. They can't keep paying them all. People might want bigger roles somewhere else, whatever. But why the Knicks, though? Like, why are you going to leave a good situation if you're KD and you're in Golden State and you've just won two titles, two finals MVPs? Why are you going to leave that to go to a trash team? And I, it, Why are you going to go to the Knicks, dog? I get it. It's New York. I get it. It's the Garden. But other than it being New York, other than it being the Garden, you got a trash organization that you're playing for. Kyrie, you're in Boston right now. That team's loaded. Like, why are you going to leave that to go to the Knicks? If you're Kawhi, why the fuck are you going to leave Toronto? Which, yeah, Toronto wasn't his first choice, but shit, look at what Toronto's doing right now. Why are you going to leave Toronto to go take some money in New York, man? Like, I, I think that's high hopes on the New York part. In my opinion, I'm just calling that in advance, but we'll see what happens. Anyways, I'm clearly rambling because I don't have KO in here to bounce shit off of. So I got to kind of have diarrhea of the mouth to get my thoughts out there. I could edit some of this out, but I probably won't. It's Cal minus KO. Anchor plus nine other platforms. Please hit us up. NBA Talk. Yeet. Important to you, sort of live from San Diego, is one half of the dynamic duo known as Cal and KO. I go by the name of Cal. This is Cal and KO show. We're brought to you by Anchor. We're on a total of 10 podcast platforms. If you are on one of those platforms and you are listening to us through them, thank you for that. It's been a while since we've done the show. We're going to stay up on that, man. You know, I got to do that. It's hard sometimes to do this show when the other part of the crew ain't here. The the vibe just ain't right to me sometimes. So to compensate for that, I'm going to start having other people on. I'm going to reach out to some of my other podcasters on the Anchor platform, and maybe they can help fill in for KO in times like this when he's absent. We can shoot the shit and talk sports. We can talk music. We can talk politics if you want. I don't really care. I can go wherever. I'm comfortable being uncomfortable with any conversation as long as we can all understand that it's coming from a place of love, 
and friendly shit talking, then I'm all for it, man. But without further ado, let's go ahead and get into some of these anchor shoutouts, man. It's a point. It's, we I always want to make it a point to to show love to the people that show love to us. So, Earl J. Brox, man, I appreciate you. Josh Esposito, what up? We the Fans Podcast. I haven't checked you out yet, but I will. Thank you for checking in with us, though. Mark Belleville, Steve Lewis, Christian M. What up? Thank you for rocking with Cal and KO. Laker Talk with Big Baby Jonathan. I don't know if you ran out of, uh, like, available... Uh, word like letters that you could use and you couldn't put the in is it big baby jonathan are you really big baby jonathan nevertheless hit me up you already hit us up thank you for that i appreciate that i see you're a laker fan i'm gonna go on your show we're gonna talk some laker talk as long as you can understand that i am a dubs fan everybody say warriors warriors you dig abdi fatah ali Technical Foul Podcast, what up? Thank you for checking in with Cal and KO. MTMV Sports, that is my team, my voice sports. Thank you for listening to Cal and KO. We see you out there. We're going to check you out. We got to collab sometime soon. Uh, Black Talon, what up, man? We appreciate you over here at Cal and KO. Good new day. Thank you for listening to us. Thank you for checking in. Mr. Top News number one, what's good, brother? How you doing? Thank you for listening to Cal and KO. Scott DJ. I'm going to check you out. I see the DJ. I'm wondering if you got some mixes that I can check out. If so, I'm going to do that. I'm going to support you because you're over here supporting us. Thank you. Abel, Humble Hustle, Multi Out T. Thank you for checking in with Cal and KO. Elevated Thoughts, Brandon Jackson, the Sideline Junkies. We appreciate you as well. Man, Chris Horn, Devin Miller, John Lopez, Xavier Rogers, and anybody else out there that I forgot Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to Cal and KO. We're going to be back out here on your waves on a more regular basis, whether it's with KO, hopefully it's with KO, and you guys as well. And for those of you that are listening to us on one of the nine platforms that is not Anchor and you want to reach out to us and you want to talk some shop, you got some questions, you got some comments to what you're hearing, go to Facebook, type in the free agents. That should be the page that is designated for myself, Cal, and KO for you to reach out to us and give us your feedback, questions, comments, the whole nine. And we'll get you in the show as well, man. It's as simple as that. Have a good Friday. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. We'll be back on next week. I'm, I'm going to make sure of that so we can talk some football shit now that the season will be over after Sunday. Holla at your boy. Deuces.